Hi. I loved that picture, Sam, that Sam just did um, when he just said that about how Jesus, sorry, it's going to make me cry. Jesus said, I am he. And what was it, 1400 or something, was it people fell down? I just, I could just see that so clearly when it happened and I, when he said that and I could just picture him saying that and I just saw how um, powerful is, is our Lord, isn't it? How, how, um, how much authority and how much love is in his voice that it would cause people to fall to the ground um, when he speaks. And I just thought, yeah, that just really um, went right into my spirit. And, um, you know, that's, even though that he is the most, he is that powerful he wants, a, you know, a relationship with us. Um, he is Emmanuel, God with us. He's a dwelling God. He actually dwells with us. He's not a far off God. He's right with us. He knows us intimately, and he wants us to know him intimately. And he's, uh, he's done everything he can to be present with us, and his, his Holy Spirit dwells in us, and he's always with us. His Spirit is always with us, and he's always communing with us. And one of, we've talked about things um, the last few weeks. We've talked about um, prayer and prophecy, deliverance, and speaking in tongues. And um, this morning, when I talk about dreams and vision, it's actually going to be more of sight, more of seeing. So a lot of those other ways, they are, um, they are, you do see as well, but a lot of them are actually speaking or hearing and thoughts. And this, this is actually um, using our eyes, our spiritual eyes. So I'm going to briefly, um, I'm really only going to briefly cover dreams and visions. Yeah, because... So I'm going to try and stay to my notes because if I veer off, I could go right off on a tangent. So I'm just going to try and stay brief to my notes. And then at the end, um, I can't, um, you know, we're doing stuff, so we're trying to do, do the stuff. So I can't really get you to have a dream this morning. But if you fall asleep, and probably the only way to do that is if you fell asleep, and that would be bad because obviously that would mean I was boring and you fell asleep. But um, at the end, well, let's, um, I think we can all have a picture, we can all have a vision this morning. So, um, never mind. Um, so, dreams and visions, um, we also call them night parables, um, night parables, because they're actually like the parables that Jesus told in the day, they're full of metaphors and symbols but we dream, we have them when we're asleep. So when you're asleep, your body sleeps, but your spirit never sleeps. Your spirit's always awake. So God speaks secrets of heaven are spoken to our heart. And also in dreams, secrets of our own heart are revealed so that we can better understand ourselves and God's purposes. Um, and the, in, the interesting thing in the Bible is a third of the Bible is actually about um, dreams and visions. 
and about the working out of dreams and visions. And I did think maybe that was exaggerated. And then one time when I was reading through from the start to, to looking at something else, I just, there were so many dreams and visions, I thought to myself, oh no, there must be more than a third like it's a lot of, of dreams and visions. But, and the interesting thing is we sleep a third of our life. So eight hours a day, we sleep. So in those eight hours a day, our body's asleep, but our spirit's awake, and God speaks to us when we sleep. So now a lot of people say, I, um, I don't dream like I, I, I never dream. Like people will say that they never dream. We'll just get these pretty pictures because I did this and Paul wanted pictures and I'm like, no, I don't, I don't need pictures. And I'm like, well, this is a bit ridiculous. I'm doing dreams and visions and pictures and seeing and sight. I've got to have pictures. So Paul put these pictures on for me. So we mazel um. All right. Do you like that picture? It's someone telling a little secret. Isn't that cute? You like it, Davis? Cool. All right, yep. Sorry, next. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Um, so, yeah, what I was saying? People say they don't dream. All right, so the cor correct thing to say is, I didn't have a dream last night. Oh, no, I lie. That was bad. To say, I can't remember my dream last night. Um, so, uh, research from sleep labs show that we dream every 90 minutes. And we go from alpha to theta to delta. Yep, alpha, theta, delta. So alpha is when we dream. And that's the REM, you know, rapid eye movement, when your eye goes... Doo -doo 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 -doo. And so they say that that's because your eye is following the scenes in your dream. All right, so that's the alpha. So we go in 90-minute cycles. So we go... Um, and after the first 90 minutes, we dream for five minutes. And then we go back up to alpha, and we dream for 10 minutes. And then we cycle back through 90 minutes, end up back in alpha, and we dream for, 10, dream for five minutes, then 10 minutes. Then the next cycle, we do 15 minutes, and et cetera. So I did that. I, when I heard that, I thought to myself, oh, yeah, that's good, but you must end in alpha because, you know, when you wake up in the morning, you're often waking up from a dream. So I thought, well, you must be an alpha. So I had to write it down, you know, 90 minutes, 90 minutes. And then to get to eight hours, I added on 30 minutes. And I thought, oh, yeah, that's the alpha. And then I did the 5, 10, 15, 20, 25. Oh, and then you end up in 30 minutes because that's how my brain works. I had to work it all out to see how it worked out. But, of course, this everyone's... You're not going everyone doesn't sleep exactly eight hours a night and we have broken sleep and not so sleep. So you'll be interrupting that cycle all the time. But that is how the sleep cycle goes. So everybody will dream somewhere between one hours and two hours every night. But you just might not remember. So about 29 years ago, because Olivia's going to be 30 next week, Oh, yep, really old. And <laughs> when she was um, not long born, um, I, didn't know, I didn't know anything about dreams. We lived in Wainuiamata, had four young children. We lived in a three-bedroom house, and we had... The bedrooms were just single bedrooms, and it was 
perfectly fine for us. We had two um, girls in a bunk in one room, and Anaru and Olivia um, in another room, and because she was in a cot, it was kind of stuck in the corner, and it fitted. So, but I, I, we, were, we did, Paul and I would think about, oh, when they got older, we'd probably either have to shift to, to a four-bedroom house or build on a room, because Anaru and Olivia probably wouldn't want to spend all the rest of their life at home in the same room. Um, and then I started having these dreams about a, about a house, but it wasn't a house, you know, in dreams, you know it's your house when it's not your house. And I'd be walking down um, a passageway, this wasn't my dream, but I just liked that picture of the passageway, and I'd be walking down the passageway and I'd find this whole new room or a new wing in the house, and I'd be like, oh, oh my gosh, I forgot that this that these rooms were here, how amazing, we've got lots of room now, and then it was so vivid, I'd wake up, and I'd be so relieved, and then I'd be like, oh, that's not real, it was just a dream, and and I just kept doing that, I just kept having those dreams, or else I would, in the ceiling, I'd find um, a hole in the ceiling, and I'd pop it through, the hole in the ceiling, and there'd be like a whole apartment in the top of our house, <laughs> and I'd be like, oh my gosh, why aren't we using this? And I'd be like, oh, this is great. You know, and the same thing, I'd wake up, well, this is fantastic. And then I'd just feel really disappointed because I'm like, oh no, that was just another one of those dreams. And I thought to myself that it must really be on my mind about not, you know, that we might have to move. And I thought it's bizarre because I'm not thinking about it very much. I don't know why I keep dreaming it. Um, anyway, I had the radio on and I was listening to... Um, I used to have, um, I used to listen to Focus on the Family, for anybody my age that might remember that, and James Dobson used to talk about families, and he used to have really amazing speakers on, so he had this person on, and I wasn't actually listening, but I, and the, I just caught them say, well this person was talking about, he went to a school to, to learn about dreams, and um, I, so I didn't, I I, I wasn't really listening, but I heard that. And then he said, so for example, some people, a common dream people will have is they find a new room in their house. And as soon as I heard that, you know, my ears pricked up. I went over, turned the radio up. And um, so he started to explain that if you, when you have a dream um, and got, you find a new room in your house, that your house represents, you know, your life because that's where you live, it's your life. So that's your house in the dream. And if you find a new room in your house, it's because God wants to extend an area of your life. He wants to take you into something new. He wants to you know, extend your, your, um, your borders, your boundaries, and bring something new into your life and to grow you. And when he said that, it really resonated you know, right in me, and I knew that that's what God was telling me, and I knew that, well, God speaks to me in dreams, and after that, every dream, I was writing down every dream, and I found a friend who um, understood that God speaks to you through dreams, and we were talking to each other about our dreams, and, but um, when Paul, I talked to Paul about the dream, and I said I'd had these dreams, and I told him what he said on the radio, and, um, the guy on the radio had said. And so because of that, we, 
thought we kind of stopped and took a stock of what we were doing in our life, um, what was happening, and we decided to make some changes so that we could allow some growth in our family and in our life. And we made some changes, and those changes um, took us, those changes took us somewhere different where we grew um, a whole lot, where we were um, exposed to a whole something new spiritually, and we grew spiritually. And it also ended up with Paul changing his career. And it just, it, it changed who we were as a family. And from that, I learned that I was, I was given this picture and I saw something in my dream. So I saw in the unseen. I saw in the heavenly realm. I saw something in the unseen. And when I dreamed that, God dropped the seed into my spirit and he brought something from the unseen into the scene. And when we applied this into our life, when we interpreted the dream and we applied it into, the, into our life, the kingdom came to earth. We partnered with God, and you know there's that wonderful verse that says um, God calls into existence that which is not. And you see, we partnered, when we partnered with God, we partnered with him, bringing into existence something which was not. So we fix our eyes on the unseen, for what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Um, the unseen is the greater reality. When we've talked about all those over the last few weeks of like hearing God or seeing God or hearing God through his word or through some of us through an audible or an inaudible voice or a thought or a feeling that we have or a quickening or we can have a vision or a picture or a dream or we can hear him, hear him or see him through all our other senses but when we interpret a dream or we speak out a revelation or a prophetic word or a picture or a vision, we're bringing the unseen into the scene. We're, we're bringing the kingdom of heaven to earth. We're loosing on earth what's in heaven. We're binding on earth what's in heaven. We partner with the most high God who gives life to the dead and calls into being things that were not. I just love that verse. So God speaks to us in our dreams, secrets from heaven, and these, they bring instruction, encouragement, um, invention, callings to careers or to ministry gifts, corrections, warnings, healings, revelations of future. There's all kinds of things that God speaks to us in, his, in our dreams. And when, so when we dream, we will dream about our own life, about our families, our friends, our workplaces, people that we fellowship with, our communities, or our countries even. We have the opportunity when we have these dreams to partner with God to bring his kingdom to earth and to call into being things that are not. So often when we have these dreams, we actually are just required to pray sometimes. Sometimes we can just pray these things, and we can bring heaven to earth in these prayers. We can call things into being just through praying. 
if we can spend time searching out what our dreams mean and praying and praying them through. Often it's actually something we just have to pray for. Sometimes it's something that God wants to work within us and we have it's something we have to work we work work it out, but God is very kind and very gracious and very loving. And whenever he shows you something in a dream, there's usually a challenge in it and an encouragement in it. And he, he really looks after your heart and looks after your spirit. And he'll take you to new places and he'll sort out things in your life and he'll show you new things and he'll do it with kindness and with love and with grace. Um, if you walk through those things with him. Yeah, dreams, now they're usually uh, metaphors and symbols, dreams. So you, a lot of visions are more um, literal, but most dreams and visions, most dreams are um, metaphorical, are metaphors and symbols. So um, you have to kind of learn um, kind of dream language and you can, with practice, you can learn that. You can search it out. Um, in the parables, the disciples said to Jesus, why do you speak in parables? And Jesus said, because the knowledge of the secrets of heaven has been given to you, not to them. Meaning that the knowledge of the secrets of heaven have been given to us as disciples, um, not to the crowd. So he wants us to search out his secrets, to search out that knowledge that he's given us. Um, that the meaning's often hidden, but you know, he is looking for hearts that will search him out. Um, there's a verse for there, it's the glory of God to conceal a matter, to search out the matter of the glory of kings. Often when God speaks to us in dreams or visions, when we search when we search out the meaning of that and we um, pray about it and we search out the meaning. When we get to the answer, often we've learned more actually from the journey of looking things up and praying and looking things up in the Bible and searching it out. Often we've learned more from that than we do when we actually have learned the dream. I can't, I don't really have time today to get into um, the metaphors and the symbols of dreams, but if you really want, if you want to know how to interpret dreams and how to hear God through dreams, then I, you know, I'm really, really willing, I'd really love to help you um, with that um, somehow. But uh, can I really encourage you when you go to bed at night to ask the Lord to help you remember your dreams, um, to go to bed and give your, your night to him, um, give your spirit to him during the night, like go to sleep with your spirit in the heavenlies. Go to sleep with your spirit being aware of God's presence. Um, if you go to bed with full of anxiety, um, full of anger, you, you will have some soul dreams. You will dream that out. So um, get rid of all that before you go to sleep and put your spirit, yield your spirit to God and and ask him to speak his secrets to you while you sleep. In the morning, stick a pen and a paper by your bed so when you wake up, 
you write down that dream. You need, we need to honor the dream. It says in the Bible that Daniel wrote down the substance of the dream. He was a great dreamer, and he wrote down the substance of the dream. So even if it doesn't make sense to you, write it down, and then um, you can go back and look at them and work them out. Because um, we, we do need to honor them. If God speaks to us, we really need to honor that. If we want to hear him, we need to um, honor him and, and do something with what he, what he says to us. Um, so now I'm just going to move to visions. So if we, if, um, this is what people who love to dream, they say we have pictures when we're asleep, and then we have pictures in the waking world because our spirit doesn't sleep. So we see the, so the spirit hears from God in the sleep when we're asleep, and our spirit hears from God in the waking world. Now, I'm more, I've been more of a person who, um, apart from the dreams, I probably have more thoughts and more, I get a feeling of what God's saying. And I think, oh, I know God's saying this, or I know I can feel that God wants to do that. And other people see lots of pictures, and I'm like, yeah, no, I'm, I'm good with the thoughts, but I want pictures now, you know? I want, I want the whole shebang. I want to, when I see in the unseen, I want to see pictures in my waking world as well. And, um, um, and so I've asked God to give me more pictures. I have had pictures over the years and that, but I want more pictures. So I just want to, um, there's, when, under visions, you can have a, what's called a, you can have closed visions or open visions. So closed visions, um, I mean, this is just terminology. So closed visions is um, like your thoughts. It's when you see, you're like, you see a picture you don't have to have your eyes closed. You're going to have your eyes open. But, like, it's more in your imagination. So a closed vision is that you see a picture or thought, but you actually, you don't see it like a television, you know. I probably should have done this the other way around. An open vision is when you have your eyes wide open and you actually see it like it's right in front of you. Like, I haven't, uh, it's like some people say they, like, have a television screen in front of them, and they actually see like it's playing with their eyes open. They'll see a vision like that. Or some people like, you know, you'll see, you'll see in the spirit, and you'll actually see it with your eyes open like it's actually reality, and you can walk um, into that. Um, so the closed vision is more, it's more in your mind, in your imagination, that's a closed vision. Now, both are, is real, and both are seeing in the spirit, and both are seeing the unseen. Now, I probably, as far as an open vision comes, when I didn't, I didn't know anything about visions, but I did, as a teenager, I do remember having a dream, and I woke up and had my eyes wide open, and the steam train was coming straight at me. I was dreaming about a steam train, and when I woke up, the steam train was still in my room, and coming in my room, and um, I had no idea what was going on, but... I would have called that an open vision. I actually saw that with my eyes wide open, but I'm, I'm unsure why that would have been. And then I've have had another, I've had this, another um, open vision when I was baptised in water. But I, um, again, I was, actually, I was actually at a church that didn't believe, um, they didn't practice any of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And so they never, um, so nothing 
spiritual, really, was ever mentioned. So I actually, when I was baptized in water, I actually saw in the Spirit, like the Holy Spirit showed me what happened when you were baptized, um, which is why I'm a huge believer of water baptism, because it's not just symbolic. There's something happens in the Spirit when you're baptized. And um, I, so I saw this vision. I didn't know, I, I didn't see this vision. I was actually living this. God showed me um, and my, I was actually under the water, looking up at the water, and I never actually came out of the water, and my body was in a completely different place in the building with, I imagine, my new spirit, my old man, stayed under there. And that actually happened. I didn't see it. It actually happened um, to me. But that would have been an open vision. But I didn't understand that at the time. And since I've understand it now, I want it to happen now. So, <laughs> But... Um, I have, um, I have, yeah, I'm going to take you through having a picture or a vision, which is something that I've been practicing, um, which has been allowing me to God to show me things um, in the unseen. So I just, just before I do that, yeah, I want you to see that word, um, dianoia. That's a Greek word, and it means imagination. Is it under there? Yep, mind, heart or understanding, and it's in verses, so when we read verses with, and if, so Ephesians 1, it says, I pray that the Lord, that the light of God will illuminate the eyes of your imagination, flooding you with light until you experience the full revelation of the hope of his calling. That is the wealth of God's glorious inheritance that he finds in us, the holy ones. I pray that the light of God will illuminate the eyes of your imagination, um, so that can be, that's also put in there, the eyes of our heart. So it's, I pray that the light of God will illuminate the eyes of your heart, the eyes of your mind, the eyes of your imagination. In Matthew, blessed are the pure in heart. That's dianoia. So blessed are the pure in their, in their heart, in their mind, in their imagination, for they shall see God. The next verse, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your dianoia, all your mind, all your heart, all your imagination, and all your understanding. So the reason I want to bring that word, dianoia, to you, imagination, mind, heart, understanding, we use, we use whenever we have a vision or a picture, whether it's closed or whether it's an open vision, we're using dianoia, our imagination, our mind, our heart, and our understanding. And um, just like, you know, when we've, like Glenn talked about yielding to God and saying yes, and he said when you have a thought and you know God wants you to do something or you have a thought that's God, um, you, just, you, some, you have to believe that's God and just go with that and believe that is God. I hear from God. And it's the same when you have a picture. Um, I mean, obviously, if your eyes are wide open, you see something, you know, like a television screen, that's a bit easier. But if you just have a picture in your mind, we, and we, we know God's speaking to us, we have to believe that that's God. He's, he loves us, body, soul, and mind. He loves the whole of 
of us. We are created in his image, and he has created our imagination, our mind, our body, our spirit. He's created all of it in his, in his image. And when, so when we see a picture God's given us, we need to just step out in faith and believe that that is God and go with that. And you will have more, more pictures the more that you understand that and the more that you believe that these pictures um, are from God. So I'm just going to stick these questions, these on the board. So why I'm saying that is because when, you, when we're going to just now, I'm just going to um, pray and get you to see a picture and a vision. And what I want you to do is know when you see this, just believe that God is showing you this picture. And he will um, keep he will keep confirming that to you. And the more you do that, the more you will know in your spirit that it's from God. So, and this is, this is not, um, there's no risk doing this here, you know? And this is an, isn't this a wonderful thing that we can practice doing this stuff with each other because there's actually no risk with each other. And the more we do it, the more we, we know what the, how the Holy Spirit, we know how the feel is when the Holy Spirit is with us. And then the more easier it is to do this. So these are the questions um, that we're going to do in a minute. We're going to say, where is Jesus in the room? And when, when we see, so we're going to look for Jesus. We're going to ask um, Jesus. Oh, sorry, I should have made this a bit more. Where is Jesus in the room? Because we're going to ask Jesus, where are you in the room? We're actually going to talk to Jesus, all right? So we'll say, where are you in the room, Jesus? We're going to ask him to show us where he is in the room. And then when we see him there, we're going to say, you, you know, um, why are you there in that particular place? And then we're going to ask, have you got something for me? And when he, gives you, when he shows you what it is, um, you can ask, um, what is it for? Now, um, you may not, once you've seen Jesus and ask him where he is, you, you might ask, or ask him what he's got for you. But sometimes it might be something different. That's okay. Just go with that. Um, I'm just going to give you a couple examples just to tell you how this works. So the first time I did this, I was, at, I was on a Zoom call. I listened to this teaching that's from Scotland, actually. And they do, every now and then, they do these um, kind of trainings on Zoom. So it's with all these people around the world, and they put you in a room, in a, you know, in a Zoom room with all these people. And... Um, so we did this, and I thought, oh, I'm, I just, I can't, sorry about this, I can't see a picture on demand, you know, like, I'm really, I'm, I just, um, and I thought, oh, I'm going to panic, and I'm not going to be able to see a picture, and, we, and afterwards, we were going to have to share, every, you know, they would go around and ask each of us what we saw, and I thought, oh, I'm, I'm not going to be able to do this, you know, but they just, again, it was a safe place, and they're like, just relax, just rest, you know, just rest and let, let Jesus speak to us. So when, I just, so when I did it, I was actually, it was like six o'clock in the morning and I was in the kitchen in our dining room and I was sitting on the couch. So I had my eyes shut and so I asked, where, you know, Jesus, where are you in the room? So I was um, in my mind's eye. I was looking all around at the table in the kitchen and the, you know, lounge area, but where I was and I was looking all around and I, might, I just started to panic a little bit, and I thought, no, I can't see. And then um, 
And then I thought, no, just, just rest, you know, let Jesus, just let him show my, himself to me. And so in my mind's eye, I went into the kitchen, and just as I got into the kitchen, I, in my mind, right, so in my mind, I heard, no, I'm over here. And in my mind's eye, my eye flicked to the ranch slider, um, to our ranch sliders. I'm going to cry because I was so relieved. <laughs> and... <laughs> I could just, in my mind, this was a little, it was a little bit fuzzy, I could see um, a head kind of coming through the ranch slider, and Jesus said, I'm over here, and I, and I, and I thought, oh, okay, and I said, well, why, why are you, and I did this in my mind, why are you outside, and he said, because what I've got for you is outside, and so my mind's eye, I went outside, and and um, he said, I've got a pair of shoes for you. And, and I actually, I didn't say, why have you got shoes for me? Because I'm a dreamer, I know that he has shoes for me because he wants me to walk a different way. He wants me to take a different path. So um, anyway, so I opened my eyes and it was nearly my turn to share what happened. And then when I shared, I cried because I was so relieved that Jesus <laughs> gave me a picture um, and also, I was so moved because, um, and since then, I actually have walked on a different path. Like, the way that I've felt when I've come to pray and with my expectation of when I sit with Jesus and when I sit in his presence, it's taken me just on this really new path. And um, And I think he might have taken me there without that picture, but... The picture, he gave me what I needed to go on this new path um, to walk with him. And it, and it doesn't have to, I think what I want to say, don't, you don't have to have that model. Like we, um, Nick and Amy and me and Paul were at the prayer thing one night up, up here um, when they had a prayer night. And we were just praying and I'm, I just thought, oh, I'll just ask Jesus where he is. Um, and let me tell you, I don't do this all the time and see this all the time. I try, but and I different. I can just walk, be walking through the gorge, and I ask Jesus, "Where are you?" or "What do you want to say?" And I can, and I can. Am I able to tune in? But when we were upstairs, I said, um, "Oh, Jesus, where are you in the room?" And I was just, and then I just stood and I just relaxed, you know, because I just let Jesus bring the, the thoughts and the picture to me. And I saw him going between us, um, blowing on us. And I thought, oh, I don't know what to do with that. Do I just say, see Jesus blowing on us? You know, I, I wasn't quite sure what to do. And then just as I was thinking about that, and the other thing is, you actually quite like to enjoy the picture. I find I like being in that moment. And then um, as I was thinking about that, Jesus walking around just blowing on us, Nick just said, oh, I just feel to read this, for, uh, read this verse. And he started reading how um, Jesus blew on the disciples and said, receive the Holy Spirit. And he said, oh, Jesus just wants us to receive his Holy Spirit now. And it re- I, I just felt so excited because I thought, you know, we both felt that in the Spirit at the same time. But also it was like the kindness and the graciousness of God because 
he was showing me, see, you are seeing me. You are seeing what I'm doing. And he was letting me know that he was seeing that. And that's happened when I, as I've been do, trying to learn this, he, he has done that. Like I've been with someone and we've been praying. Oh, like actually, Vic, one time when I was here, I saw Jesus with all this colour kind of going in between everybody. And Vic saw the same thing. And I thought, that is so wonderful because it just, it's just the graciousness of God to just affirm you and encourage you to keep, um, you know, going that way. So the, just before we do this, one more thing. Very important is rest, to be in a place of rest and be in a place of intimacy. It's one thing God's really taught me. And the interesting thing, when I wrote this down, I thought, isn't that interesting? Because in, when you dream, you're in your bedroom, usually, and you're asleep on your bed, or you're somewhere else on a bed sleeping. And in the, in the dream world, um, the, the bedroom, if you're in your house and you dreamed of your bedroom, the bedroom would symbolize a place of rest and intimacy. And I thought, isn't that interesting? When we want to see and we want to hear God, that we need to go to a place of rest and, of, and intimacy. So I'm, I'm going to pray in a minute. And I just want everyone, I just want to bring us into the presence of God. And I just want you to, to really rest. Like you can't... I've done that. I've done that for years. Oh, I really want to see. I really want a picture. I really want to see. And it doesn't work. <laughs> you have to rest. You have to rest in God. You have to yield to God. And you have to rest. And, you, and we need to move into a place of intimacy where there's nothing but Jesus. That we just want Jesus. That we want all that he has. That we want to know all that he is. That we want him to, he, he already knows us intimately. He already knows the secrets of our heart. And that's what I want. I want to know him intimately. I want to know Jesus and his presence, to tangibly feel his presence. So I'm just going to pray first. And then if you just ask, now if you just ask, when I finish praying, you just ask Jesus, where are you in the room? Now, he may, I mean, honestly, he may be sitting, sitting up on, on the ledge, you know? You know that austere Jesus that we see in the movies, walking along with a halo and, you know? That's, not, that's some film thing of Jesus, all right? He's made in our image. He, is, he has a sense of humor. He is compassionate. He is adventurous. He is loving. He is many, many things, and he can come to you in all those ways. He can have fun with you. He can love you. He can comfort you. He can have an adventure with you. He, so don't put him in a box. Just ask him where he is. He might want to do something for you to see him in a really fun way, in a real loving way, in a kind way, an encouraging way. He'll come to you how, how you need him today. So I just want you to rest and just, you know, that be still 
Let your arms drop. Let your shoulders drop. Don't have any tension in your face. You know, I do the um, forehead thing with my eyebrows knotted. Just let your face relax. Just really rest. Just, just rest and just let, let the Lord come to you how he comes. And I'm just going to pray. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord, I pray, Lord, that this morning, Lord, that the light of God will illuminate the eyes of our imagination, Lord. That you'll flood us with light, Lord. Lord, we just come to you, Lord. Come into your presence, Lord. Lord, we come to you, the Lord Most High. We come to you, Lord, because of everything that you have done for us, Lord. Because of everything that you are. Because of your great love for us. Because of your great sacrifice for us. That we, that we can be cleansed and cleaned and come spotless before you in robes of righteousness. We can walk right into the heavenlies, Lord. We can walk right to the throne room of God and to the holies of holies because of all that you did for us, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we just come into your presence. Come into your presence, Lord. As one with you, Lord. United with you, Lord. With your Holy Spirit in us, Lord. And we stand in your presence. Just sit in a moment, just sit for a moment in his presence. Just let the weight of his presence fall on you. Let his weight fall on you. Just let his love wrap around you now. And just when you're ready, just ask him, Jesus, where are you in, the, in this room? And when he shows you, just ask him why he's there. Ask him if he has something for you and why he wants to give it to you.